This is Levy Brackman with the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. I appreciate you being with me today. This is episode five of season two of the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. And today we're going to go deep, really, really deep. And we're going to talk about relationships. And let me give you a little bit of a background of why I'm going to talk about this today and what has inspired me to. And then we'll get into what we're going to talk about. And I think that the conversation today might be really impactful for your relationships. So stick around, listen to it, and then also feel free always to let me know what you think. But let me tell you how and why I'm thinking about this today. I just got back from a conference and um, of, of a group of people who get together every so often. And we talk about business, we talk about life, and uh, we have some speakers who come to this conference. And it's a kind of a a group of people who care about developing not just their business, but also developing as people. And there's a lot of very meaningful and deep conversations that go on. And whenever you're having a deep and meaningful conversation with people, there is a certain sense of vulnerability that takes place. And so I've thought quite a bit about uh, vulnerability and relationships and how we portray ourselves to others. And there are opinions that I've had in this regard for a very long time. And I've started to rethink some of those ideas. Not that those ideas have been wrong. A lot of the ideas that I've had in this regard have been informed by books that I've read and that have really had a large impact on me and how I view things. And I want to share some of those ideas and they might be helpful to you. Fundamentally, though, we go through life very often never really being vulnerable. In fact... Not only do we not act in a vulnerable way towards others, but in many cases, we protect ourselves against being vulnerable. And we try very hard to make sure that no one really gets in to see and to know the inner core of who we truly are. We protect ourselves like it's the most important thing. So we create this out of veneer, out of facade, of who we think we want to portray to the world and then we try to portray that as much as we can and then try to make sure that no one gets past that barrier and no one sees who we truly are that's the way a lot of people live their lives and i've always thought that that is just an unsustainable way of living it's just unsustainable because you can't have these two personas who you truly are and who you portray yourself to be The two have to be transparent. The two have to be entirely consistent with each other. So, But for a lot of people, in order to portray who you truly are to others, that comes together with vulnerability. And the second you're vulnerable, that moment people can hurt you. And we try to protect ourselves against being hurt at all costs, and therefore we try not to be vulnerable. And But there's a flip side to that. When you're not vulnerable... No one knows you, so everyone thinks they know you, and your relationships end up being very superficial. One of the books that really impacted me in this regard many, many years ago, um, I, I read this book called Games People Play by Eric Byrne. Major bestseller. It sold millions of copies, and I actually have one copy on my uh, shelf. And you can see how old it is because uh, the price of this book is $1.45. So it's an old book, very well read, 
And it was actually, just to give credit where credit's due, the person who suggested that I read this book was a guy called Mr. Pap, and he was the cook at uh, a uh, rabbinic college that I was attending when I was 20 years old in New Haven, Connecticut. He still lives here with his family, and I now have moved to New Haven, Connecticut. I live here, and I see him every so often. And I've told him and thanked him for recommending this book to me because it really had a massive impact in the way I see the world. It really kind of helped me uh, understand myself and my interactions with others. And I I highly recommend that people read this book. It's called uh, Games People, played by Eric Byrne. And it actually, this book started my lifelong uh, fascination with psychology and some of you may or may not know, but I have a PhD in psychology, so I've really studied psychology pretty deeply. And um, so uh, this book is actually the genesis of, of my fascination with psychology and understanding the human psyche, something which I'm anyway uh, incredibly fascinated with. Uh, probably a good reason why I actually uh, do this podcast uh, is because it enables me to take some of these ideas and spread it with others. But also, as I do this podcast, it helps me self-reflect. In some ways, this podcast, my, my uh, Wisdom for Business and Life podcast, is me really sitting here and and self-reflecting and then doing that in, in a public kind of way. Um, so as I think through a lot of these ideas, um, it allows me to then talk them out and, and to you, uh, my dear listener, to listen to them as I go through them in my own mind. Um, not that I haven't prepared uh, for the podcast. I always do prepare, but often talking them out in this kind of way brings a certain amount of clarity. And um, clarity is really, really important for one's psyche to understand what you're doing, where you're going, and why you do it. So in many ways, this podcast benefits me, I hope, as much and perhaps more than it benefits you, the listener. So that said, The Games People Play is uh, a really, really great book. And I'm just going to kind of, in my own words, explain what I think it is and then do a little reading from the book. One part which I think is extremely uh, crucial. And um, I'd rather say it in his words than in my words. But in a nutshell, the book posits that everyone plays games. And there's a part of oneself which is... Uh, the ability to be truly intimate, the childlike self, um, with others, which we hide. We, we, we never really have true intimate relationships with other people. Instead, our relationships are very much transactional. And the people who we relate with the best are the people who like playing the same games as us. So without getting to all the details of which games there are and which games exist and the types of games that people play, the, the people we get on with the most are the people who play the same games as we do. And the people who we don't get along with is because they don't like playing those games, which we do. And sometimes relationships can break down because, uh, you know, people start changing the games that they like to play. They might, for a while, like playing one type of game. And then, for whatever reason, they stop liking to play that game and they want to play a different type of game. And now, all of a sudden, you can't really have a relationship with them because you're playing that game. They're not lo- no longer playing that game. And um, the relationship kind of breaks down. So it's a view of the world in which most people's relationships with each other are really transactional. You like the game I play. I like the game you play. We play it well together. And therefore, we like spending time together. You give me something. I give you something. And that's most relationships. And that, if you think about it, right, you like hanging out with people who make you feel good about yourself. 
or who who afterwards you say, well, that was a good conversation. I really enjoyed hanging out with that person. You're playing the same games. Some people, you end up, you know, you don't really have much to say to them. You sit and you hang out. You end up in a little bit of an argument with them. You disagree with them. You don't. You just don't feel it. Flew, if the, the the conversation flowed that well, maybe they're not playing the same game with you. Maybe you're playing different games. You're seeking different things out of the conversation, and you're not getting it from your side. They're not getting it from their side, and you both walk away feeling, you know what, that there's something lacking here. It didn't, work. and therefore the transactions weren't there. What you sought to get out of that interaction, you never got out of it. The strokes, he talks about getting strokes, people stroke each other, you didn't get the right strokes out of the relationship, and therefore you didn't get the right recognition, it didn't feel that great, and therefore you walk away feeling, hey, you know what, Uh, that interaction was lacking, I didn't walk away feeling good about it, well, it might not be that that person was a bad person, just you weren't playing the same games, they like playing different games than you like to play, and therefore, um, it, it just wasn't the greatest interaction. But we've all met somebody and people in our lives who you feel are not playing games. It's very rare, but there are people who you meet who somehow when you talk to them, you feel you're not talking to their facade. You're not talking to the games they're playing. You're talking to them. You're talking directly to them. You've had a conversation with their core essence. And somehow they see you and your core essence. You, 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 you somehow, they've cut through all the BS, all the nonsense, all the different hidden layers in, in, of your life. And they've gotten and they've seen you, who you are. And you feel that you've seen them, you've seen who they are. And that's because that individual, for some reason, has been able to just be and live life on that childlike level. They are, in many ways, intimate, obviously not in the sexual way, but intimate in the emotional way, in their presence way, with everyone which they see and everyone who they meet. And therefore, people are just attracted towards them because, the, really, people want to be seen for who they really are. We walk around portraying ourselves with all these multiple layers. But ultimately, what we really want is people to see us for who we truly are. One of the issues is that we don't show ourselves who we truly are to people. And therefore, for people to see us, we need to show ourselves. But some people, it seems, and it might be uh, a facade as well, but it seems like they see us. And those people in our lives who seem to see us for who we really are, we become incredibly attracted towards. And those people are able to garner a kind of... um, uh, friend group or, 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 or um, a charisma around them which enables them to be much more successful in life ironically and here's I think the way it happens and one of the people I was listening to talk is a guy called Kelly Flanagan and uh, uh, he, he also had similar ideas to this he's a, a therapist and a family therapist and now an author um, and he, he's pretty well known out there and and he was also talking about this same idea and one of the things he mentioned uh, was that the most important time in your life or the most important moment in your life is the moment that you feel your heart closing the moment that you are protecting your heart and not allowing other people in especially the most important people in your life is the most important moment in your life because at that moment that will dictate your relationships with others if you close your heart to others 
then it's very difficult to let the, for people to see you and people to, to, to come in. Obviously, also protects you because it makes sure that you can't be hurt. And some people will hurt you, unfortunately. There are people out there who are looking for people who are vulnerable so they can hurt them. Um, but the flip side of it is, if you're not vulnerable, is that no one gets to know you. So what happens is we go through life, we start off as a child, and we have this childlike self where it's really easy to be intimate with everybody. If you see a baby, you can look straight into a baby's eyes, and the baby will look straight back into your eyes and will even giggle to you. You might be a total stranger, but will giggle to you. And you have that intimate moment where you go connecting directly with, if you like, the core essence, the soul of that baby. How many adults can just look into another adult's eyes, a stranger, and just giggle and just smile? It's just not something that happens that often. Why? Because at some point as we go through life, we realize that that vulnerability is something which could cause us hurt. Kids grow older. They start getting mean to each other. They start saying mean things. And our reaction to the mean things, the nasty things that happen, the bullying that happened in school is to say, oh, 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 oh I, I better show some kind of out exterior kind of facade to make sure that I don't get hurt. And you go through life and you build that. And then you realize you need to start making money. So you start, you know, you go to school and you start getting good grades and you start being the kid who got good grades. And you, then after that, you become the person who does well at college and you've got a degree. And now you've got some kind of profession. And you've got a career and you're doing this and you're doing that. And you've got a house and you've got cars. And all these things are all these exterior things which go and grow around you and grow around you. And you get, some people even get titles. They'd be called doctor or they're called, uh, you know reverend or they're called rabbi or they're called something else and they get titles director of this and, and senior director of that and VP of this and the CEO of that or you know professor on and on and all these titles they're all kind of on top of us on top of that core essence of who we are hiding us remember there was one particular person as I was growing up I won't say his name but he uh, he kept he was very particular to make sure that people called him by his title and if anyone didn't call him by the exact right title or didn't write down the exact right title, he would get very upset. And, you know, his office would kind of make sure that yeah, his title was put there very, very correctly um, with all the letters after his names to make sure that they were all put in the correct order of importance. And I reflected that numerous times. Like, why is this person doing that? To protect themselves. Make sure that people respect me for who I really am. But they're not respecting me for who you really are. They respect me for your titles and your titles, my friends are not who you are. Who you are, the true person who you are is that childlike person, the person you were born with, that on a soul level, on a quintessence level, that's who you are. Your titles aren't who you are. Your career is not who you are. That's not who we are. We are the same person we were as a child, as a baby. And are we able to walk around and show that to the world? That's really, really hard to do. And instead, what we do is we go around and we play these games. And if someone doesn't play our game or they start playing different games from us, the relationships can break down. So here takes me to read at the very end, chapter 18 of this book, Games People Play. And it goes as follows. The somber picture presented in parts one and two of this book, in which human life is mainly a process of filling in time until the arrival of death or Santa Claus with very little choice, if any, of what kind of business one is going to transact during the long wait, is a commonplace, but not the final answer. 
For certain fortunate people, there is something which transcends all classifications of behavior, and that is awareness. Something which rises above the programming of the past, and that is spontaneity. And something that is more rewarding than games, and that is intimacy. But all three of these may be frightening and even perilous to the unprepared. Perhaps they are better off as they are seeking their solutions in popular techniques of social action such as togetherness. This may mean that there is no hope for the human race, but there is hope for individual members of it. This is really powerful. So these three things which transcend the games people play, he says, are awareness, spontaneity, and intimacy. Awareness is really important. You need to be aware that you're playing these games and the games other people are playing. Spontaneity means that you're not programmed. You can actually change, be spontaneous. And then intimacy is the ability to actually show who your core self is to other people rather than constantly being driven by the need to play games uh, with other people and then only really transacting well with people who play the same game as you. What he points out here is that most people of the human race are not going to ever be aware or have the self-awareness or the spontaneity or the ability for intimacy. Individuals can break out of that mold, he thinks, but most people are just going to go through their life, as he says, uh, a process of filling time until the arrival of death, not living the true life, living someone else's life. In fact, one of them, and I don't think this is scientific, but one of the fav- my favorite uh, things that I've read is that there was a, a hospice nurse who took an informal poll of people who were dying and asked them what their biggest regret was. And she found by far that people's biggest regret is not living a life for themselves, but living a life based on the expectations of others. And in many ways, the inability to be intimate, and I'd, obviously I don't mean sexual intimacy, I mean the actual intimate with other people in a way in which you're actually showing your true self to other people and the other person shows their true self to you and your two quintessences actually merging talking to each other connecting that ability um, is something which most people never show to each other and they protect themselves from showing to each other and because of that they live a life where they they don't want to get hurt and therefore they the entire thing, the entire way they live their life is in order to protect themselves from others because of the way other people have behaved. So their whole life in many ways is a reaction to other people. And given that, given that, they're living their lives based on others, not based on who they truly are. Living guilt life authentically, despite what other people might say or how they might be, is incredibly, incredibly difficult. Most humans won't get there but some will. And that's how he ends this book in chapter 18. That's the final words of his book. Um, So I try and live my life much more authentically. I don't say I always succeed, but I try. And and in many ways, uh, I feel sorry for people who don't. But part of my challenge to you, my dear listener today, is to try and think about this and try and say, how can I live my life more authentically? How can I not allow the behaviors of others to dictate who I portray myself to the world to be? Show up to the world with your own essence on display, who you truly are. 
Be unabashed about who you truly are. Allow your core essence to shine through in the world. Other people should be able to benefit from your essence of who you truly are. Don't hide it. Show it to others. When you meet people, look them in the eye. See them for who they truly are. And if you're able to show who you truly are, take away all those barriers that you've put up around your life from when you were a child onwards, which protect yourself. And open up and allow that to be on display. Then the other person will feel comfortable to drop some of their barriers. And then you can have a truly meaningful moment at that time. It's rare that that actually occurs because we find it hard to allow it. And always in relationships when we meet people, something comes up where we, we just we, we close up, and which is why I really like what um, Kelly Flanagan was saying is that the most important moment in your life is the moment your heart closes because when you feel your heart closing, that's the moment you put up all these barriers and the barriers and the games start to play. Well, if you have awareness and you're able to hold space in that moment and say, I'm not going to allow my heart to close, but I'm actually going to allow myself to interact on that intimate level, on that childlike level, that's when all the magic occurs. So that's my challenge today. I'm not perfect at it. I'm far from perfect at it, but it's something which has inspired me my entire life. And uh, it, this is like a deeply held belief that I have about life and about how I want to live my life. I don't always succeed at it. Uh, often I probably don't succeed at it. But today, again, this has really allowed me to talk about it, bring it back into the forefront of my mind to remind myself that this is how I want to live. And uh, I hope this has been beneficial to you. The books I've mentioned are Games People Play by Eric Byrne. Highly recommended. And then uh, Kelly Flanagan. He has a bunch of books. Uh, his latest one is a novel called The Unhiding of Elijah Campbell. I have not read it, but apparently it's good. And he signed it to me uh, this week. So thank you so much for listening. This has been the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. And until next week, have a wonderful week. And uh, 